I'm going to be honest with you. The Lord had been toiling with this word, and I, I, I didn't even know that I was going to preach. I know Pastor Joe and I had talked, and, but I just kept toiling with this, this, the word fight. God hadn't revealed everything to me. He just kept giving me the word fight. And I was like, Lord, you know, that, that's simple. <laughs> what, it, what would you have me to do with that? And I began toiling over it. And then the weeks we were, the things that I've seen that's been going on with young adults, with youth, with adults, with families, the, the, the sermons that I heard preach, resist the resistance. <laughs> I think you need to listen to that to like 30 times so you can get it. And so I was toiling with this word and it brought me to thinking about, you know what? Soldiers don't get tied up in civilian affairs. For then they cannot come to the place to please the officer who enlisted them. So I got to ask you, who are you enlisted by this morning? (laughs) You guys are too quiet because we're in fight mode right now. Because what I know, when people go to a fight, they're, they're screaming, they're yelling. You got somebody opening up saying, let's get ready to rumble. I don't think anybody can rumble better than our king. <laughs> and if anybody's going to make a joyful noise, I think it should be believers. I, amen. Is there any fighters or any warriors in the house? Is there any people that's just sick and tired of being sick and tired and you're like, enough is enough? And I know that the Lord is going to fight my battle, but right now, Lord, I need you to show me how to fight. So I come here to provoke you this morning to fight. See, being a part of God's family comes with an invitation to to a fight. To a fight. I want to remind you that when you made a decision to walk in the likeness of Christ, you were actually making a public declaration of war against the enemy. I heard Pastor Joe even say that that's why the enemy wants to distort your vision, to keep you from seeing that your declaration that you made came with empowerment and authority. Now, you have to understand that when you're declaring something in the name of the Lord, you're declaring war on something that is already won. (laughs) And I want you to get this. It really hit me last week, and I began to turn in his word when... I was hearing Pastor Joe's message, and he said, we have to learn how to exercise the authority we have been given over the enemy. He talked about that some people become passive, and instead of standing, they say, I'm tired, and, and, and they just, they're, they're just tired of fighting. He spoke about the spiritual passivity that people reach in their life, where you've come to a place that you're willing to accept whatever happens without any active response or resistance. Well, I want to tell you that we cannot take a passive approach to our faith. We must be alert because if you're going to fight, somebody say fight. If you're going to fight, your faith has to move from what you think will happen to analyzing the evidence of what God is about to do in your life. See, when God affirms something in your life, move on it. Don't doubt it. Don't question it. Don't become a doubting Thomas, but embrace it he, because he is actively exposing you to that very thing, to that very destination, that authority that he has already given you over the enemy in every and any situation you're dealing with in your life. Yeah. 
So I want to set this up this morning, but it's quite interesting. I was reading this story, and this story, it began to have a spiritual twist to it, and and it really gave definition of, of where we're going this morning. There was a story about a woman who worked in the front administration office area of a school, and a safety consultant came in and was evaluating the school for active shooting defense. And he shared with the lady that where she sat in the administrative office with all sides of her filled with glass, he shared with her that she was in the most vulnerable place in the building. But he didn't stop there. They began giving her confidence and advising her of a plan. They shared with her that in the case of an emergency that she would need to run, take the admin hallway while running in a zigzag pattern. I'm I'm going down, I'm summarizing this story, but they're going to take the admin hallway while running in a zigzag pattern to minimize the aim and the accuracy of the shooter. And take the exit to the right of the admin hallway and run through the exit door to the outside of the building. The contrast to the spiritual story was, the more open we are about our faith, the more vulnerable our positions become for spiritual attacks. But she was trying to say, but that should not, as believers, discourage us, but it should motivate us to have a detailed fight plan. See, there's going to come a point in in our lives or uh, in our daily lives or over the course of our life that we have to discover our own zigzag pattern for dodging the fiery arrows of the enemy when we are exposed out in the open. Now, if you're only praising God in quiet times, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about people who are open and, and who have gone public that they love Christ. And they're not, they're not taming it down just because they're sitting in the middle of the restaurant. But they're out loud, out in the open, claiming Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Is there anybody in the building like that? It should motivate us to have that detailed fight plan because... We have to discover our very own zigzag plan. So I'm here to tell you, don't give up, because with God, we belong out in the open. I heard someone say this during the playoffs. They said, our actions should be so loud that people can't even hear what we're saying. And I think that is important for a believer, because I believe that's why the Lord gave me this word, fight. Because if we believe in the word, there's a scripture that says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Now, if we believe that, then we should probably, it should cause us to ask ourselves, why are there so many white flags waving surrender? (laughs) I use the word fight because it's going to take some effort to keep your family intact. It's going to have to be intentional. It's not going to be easy, but The Lord has already said yes. See, in Hebrews 10 and 35, he said, So don't throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings to you. So you guys ready? All right, let's fight. When I was studying fighting, and believe it or not, I did a lot of karate growing up. And and you look at fights, and, and there's a specific person in a fight that's never mentioned. They, they are not the center of the tension, but they're called the corner man. 
See, in combat sports, there is a corner man, also known as a second or a coach or a trainer, who assists the fighter during a fighting match. Now, this corner man is forbidden to instruct during the fight, and he must remain outside the fighting area. But during the break, when the fight stops, they are permitted to enter the ring and minister to the fighter. It's amazing, even in boxing, they call that ministering <laughs> to the fighter. That, wasn't a min- that was a boxing phrase. But see, what makes a good corner man is one who possesses the right words and gives the appropriate direction for the fighter and the situation they're facing. You see, the corner man does not show blind support to the fighter. They hang in the shadows when the fighter succeeds, but is more likely to be front and center when the fighter feels or they see that the fighter is failing. They carry an unwavering devotion to the fighter's well-being. Not only that, the corner man assists the fighter through the emotional minefield as the fighter prepares and continues in combat. See, spiritually, God is our everything, and he's the best corner man ever. And before we move any further in the fight, we must learn some characteristics that we have to take on in order to to sustain this fight in the faith that we carry. Amen? Amen. So first, we we must learn how to stop, ask, and then go in the direction that God tells us. Now, I know it it sounds strange, like, stop, ask, go. It's vital to our success in the spiritual realm because when we are fighting, we have to stop and ask God exactly what we need to fight back. But not only to fight back, but also punch with accuracy. And he will give us wisdom in how and when and what direction we should go. I want to give you a biblical example. In the book of 1 Samuel chapter 30, this is when David actually destroys the Amalekites. Now, David found himself in a crisis, which is often the best way for us to know where and who we really are. Say amen if you're alive. See, in this crisis, David had to learn how to fight by inquiring to God. Now, David had to come to an understanding in in this book, uh, understanding of how to fight successful. So I want to summarize this, but in the word in in chapter 30, verses 1 through 8, I'm going to summarize this. It it was a crisis that is said in three days, David and his men arrived to their hometown, Ziklag. And they found that the Amalekites had made a raid in their hometown and they had crushed it and burned it to the ground. And they had carried off women and children. And they said that when David and his men saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their families, the word said that they wept till they could weep no more. Now, it says that David not only was in that crisis of finding his family gone and being taken in their town, being destroyed, but because of this, he was in great danger because his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters, and they began to talk about stoning him. So he had a fight in the crisis he walked into and a birthing of a fight on his hands. But it said that David, sitting there pondering on this and going through this crisis, it says that David found strength in the Lord. But let me tell you what he did. 
He said in verse 7, he said to a priest by the name of Abiathar, he said, bring me the ephod. Now, the ephod is a linen apron worn in ancient Hebrew rites, especially it was a vest that the high priest wore. Now, understand that in verse 8, David goes on and it says that, so David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And the Lord answered and said, pursue for you shall surely overtake them without fail, recover all. Now, what I want you to notice is, is David stopped and he put on his priesthood. He, he began, you notice that David when he's enduring this crisis, he stops and he asks God. He didn't, he didn't run in all directions emotionally to fight everyone and anyone in sight. But he inquired and petitioned God. Now, and God didn't hang out in the shadows. He, he came front and center and God didn't tell him, hey, sit back. You've been gone from home for a while. Take some time to pull yourself together, to put your feet up. He didn't tell them to post it on their social media account and hear the feedback of man. But the Lord told him, he said, yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. Now, someone, I believe in the spirit that someone needs to hear this and do this. Because maybe it's time for you to go after them. The wayward children, maybe it's time for you to go after them. The spirit that has been dividing your home, maybe it's time for you to get up and go after them. The fear that has been running and ruining your life, maybe it's time for you to go after them. Can I go on? The depression that has been a weight over your life, is it time for you to get up and fight and go after them? The enemy that has been destroying your heart, maybe it's just me, but it's time for you to go after that. I even say this to my youth, that the lack and the discouragement that keeps you down, maybe it's time for us to go after them. Now, some people are looking at me like, the Lord fights our battle. Why do I need to fight? I want you to really get what I'm saying. That when we begin to petition God, we've been going through this series, forward in faith, don't give up, don't take spiritual vacations, all these different things. When it's time to stand, we have to stand firm and know how to stand. Because the sickness that has been attacking your family, I know the sickness that have been attacking my family, that we're going after them. We're going after them through prayer and warfare. We're not going to stop. But when you stop and ask God, he will give you the clarity and the direction to go. He will not bring confusion or indecision into your life because he's not an author of confusion. But he is a light that sits upon the hill. Sometimes I know that it's easy to shout and praise when it's all good. But if you look at David as an example... Can you stop and worship and bow down in prayer when you're wounded? Can you petition God in in a desolate place? Because on Sunday morning, I can lift my hands and and I'm around a crowd of witnesses so I gain strength. But when I'm I'm in that dark place and when I'm alone, when I feel like that that he's not, that no one's there for me or, or with me, will I still shout protector? 
Will I, will I believe that he will do what he said that he would do? Do I have the great confidence that God will make a way? Now, David's lifestyle of inquiring the Lord shows that he was a man of prayer. Now, I don't care how you flip it, turn it, shape it. Anytime that there's a conversation about spiritual warfare, it is talking about prayer. Now, David was intentional to wanting to know God's will, and that's why he was known as a man after God's own heart, because he never seeked his own intentions first, but he sought after to petition God to understand the direction to go. So if we get this, we will learn to fight, not only with accuracy, but successfully. And I believe this is the only way we will be able to do this next thing, which is as a fighter, you have to mount an effective offense. In the spiritual, I'm going to give you one word. You must obtain discipline. See, when a fighter is striving to mount an effective offense, a fight offense means that they are focusing. <laughs> I think Shereel just gave that word. That means that they are focusing on how to continue moving forward on the attack while being attacked. See, for a fighter, an effective fight offense calls for practiced disciplines, a warrior mindset because warriors fight, a resilience to keep getting up. Now, understand this resilience to keep getting up is this is before there's ever a knockdown. (laughs) See, before ever being knocked down, they have to obtain the resilience. See, resilience doesn't happen when you get knocked down. Then you say, oh, I got to fight to get up. I'm being resilient. No, resilience happens before the knockdown happens. Get it? Come on. So if we've heard this, this statement, it says it, it's not always the size of the dog in the fight, but the size of the, in the dog. See, the size of the fight in you is vital because the enemy could care less about what you look like on the outside. It's about the fight on the inside because the size of your fight is nurtured and developed through your disciplines. See, when you obtain spiritual disciplines, you are then able to mount an effective offense because of the habits and the practices you've embraced. See, these practice disciplines allow you to develop and grow while you gain strength in your faith. See, when when we are not disciplined in what we have been taught, we will find ourselves waiting until we are cornered in order to fight. Why do people wait until they're cornered to fight? Why do people start looking for weapons when the fight is already started? (laughs) One reason is because of the lack of discipline. See, there are great examples of spiritual discipline in the Word, but Paul and Timothy, they just stand out for me. See, fighting the good fight of faith required Timothy to exercise a dynamic trust and a reliance in Christ. His reliance on Christ was grounded in the promises of God. But the disciplines, get this, the disciplines that he took on were learned. They were taught and they were spoken over his life. In 1 Timothy, Paul was speaking to Timothy about the response, his responsibilities. He said, Timothy, my son, here are my instructions for you based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier, the beginning of his life. 
May they help you fight well in the Lord's battle. Cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear, for some people have deliberately violated their consciousness. As a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. (laughs) Come on. See, everything from prayer to meditation to fasting to studying, worshiping, Paul exercised it, but he also taught it. And because he exercised such discipline, the words in 2 Timothy, when he is speaking in 2 Timothy 2 and 9 through 10, he says, and because I preached the good news, he said, I am suffering and have been chained like a a criminal, but the word of God cannot be chained. But this is the part I want to get to. He says, so I will endure anything. If it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. I love this because now Paul is saying he's willing to endure anything, but some of us can't even endure showing up to a small group or participating in a discipleship class or coming to church because the time changed. See, your spiritual disciplines begin showing up. See, if you're not growing, how will you be able to fight? Think about this. One of the greatest things Timothy did was committing to be a student. He committed to being a student, and because of this, he became a soldier fighting a spiritual battle with great offense. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to move on. No discipline, no accuracy in in the punches that you're throwing. See, while you're sizing up your opponent, opponent and preparing to punch them, understand that they want to avoid the blow. <laughs> and if you're just throwing punches and you continue to throw punches in this fight and you continue to miss, you're just expending energy. And when you expend all of your energy, by expending this energy, you are then transferring authority and power to your opponent, giving them the opportunity to knock you out. Somebody say fight. So, if you think about mounting an offense, I believe this next point goes with it. Because if you're going to fight, we have to learn how to perfect our weaknesses. I would have never thought of that statement in a million years, but when God spoke it to me, I'm like, perfect your weaknesses. I was like, Lord, and you know, in in corporate they say, uh, I'm going to focus on 90% of what I'm good at, not 10% of what I'm bad at. I'm going to put my focus on the 90. So he said, perfect your weaknesses. See, some would say a fighter, and they do have to have punching power, but spiritually God has all power. But it's only in the minute that you realize this are you positioned to win the fight. See, in our weaknesses, also known as sufferings, we have to get to a place in seeing that they are never pointless. Did you hear me? It's never pointless. It's never pointless. I want you to, you've got to get that. And if you think about this right now, if they're not pointless, you have to begin to cling to what God is trying to show you in the midst of the suffering. Because when you reach this place, you will begin to see weaknesses and sufferings as a test to strength. Not being pointless, but a test to strength. And an opportunity for God to show his strength in and through you. Now, while we are believers, 
we are not going to go through life as followers of Christ without encountering pressure, resistance, distress. More than ever, we live in a society where people cover up their weaknesses with facades of strength. We have great pretenders with facades of strength. They cover them so long and so well that they never learn to boast in them. I want you to get where I'm going. In 2 Corinthians, it says, even though I have received, this is Paul talking, such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh. I'll talk about the thorn. He said, a messenger for Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. He said, three different times, I begged the Lord to take it away. Anybody pray for the Lord to take away something? (laughs) Come on, take it away, Lord. He said, each time he said, my grace is all you need. He said, my power works best in weaknesses. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so the power of Christ can work through me. That's why, this is Paul saying, that I take pleasure in my weakness and the insults and the hardships and the persecutions and the troubles that I suffer for Christ. But when I am weak, then I'm made strong. Now understand what the thorn was. It was a suffering situation. The thorn in his side carried the purpose to teach Paul that God's grace is is enough all by itself. And that divine strength only shows up in human weakness. Divine strength only shows up in human weakness. But like Paul, we have to take pleasure in our weaknesses and the insults, the hardships, the persecutions, and the troubles that we suffer on behalf of sharing Christ, our Savior. Yes, it's hard when people slander your name uh, for trying to do good, but why are you surprised? Because they did the same thing to Jesus Christ. (laughs) So I'm not shocked anymore. But like Paul, we may have been chained in our thoughts like a criminal, but the Word of God cannot be chained, so we cannot stop fighting the good fight. Somebody just shout hallelujah in this place. So we have to be willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. But lastly, I want to give you this. If you're going to fight and as a fighter, you must learn to keep your hands up. (laughs) That can go a lot of ways. (laughs) You got to learn to keep your hands up when you're in a fight. See, You have to stop your opponent from hitting your most vulnerable areas with punches that are designed to hurt you. See, developing a strong defense means avoiding or blocking these punches. This calls for movement, positioning yourself by using keen observation. Because when you're fighting an opponent, you have to notice everything that they're doing. You have to see the little the little seeds that the enemy is planting in your home, in your family, all those little things that are going on that have been planted in your mind to not believe in yourself or uh, call yourself ugly and and, and filled with low depression, all these different things that the seeds of the enemy, what he tries to put in your mind, you have to see that trick happening. You have to be watchful and mindful. Notice, you have to notice that when your opponent is, is firing a jab at you, but then it comes back with a right hook. Once you understand your opponent's tendencies, you can then take defensive measures to avoid 
avoid getting hit and then launch your own attack. The word says, be sober-minded and watchful with the understanding that Satan, adversaries, obstacles, people, circumstances against you never sleep. Matter of fact, while you worried and staying up at night, those people at home sleeping well. They're not even bothered. But we're up toiling with what's going on and what's taking place in our life. But the word tells us to be sober-minded and watchful. So as believers, we must know how to stand with our hands up, ready to defend and win regardless of the fight that we're in. See, when you take a stand in faith, this is the ultimate fight that we're actually in. When you hear all the words that have been spoken through these sermons that we've been doing, I said, God sent me here to provoke you to fight because I believe that we need more warriors in the room. <laughs> that, that if you feel as though you can't fight on your own, that you should feel like that you can show up to your body of Christ and you're feeding off everybody else's fight. And you begin to say, well, if he can do it, I can do it. And if the Lord said it to them, then they, obviously he just hasn't said it to me yet. But he obviously is thinking about me. He's going to give me a yes, but I have to keep standing. I can't get up, give up. I can't lose focus. But some people begin to stop and we, we begin to get stagnant. And, and worship becomes ordinary instead of being extraordinary in our life. And then we, we take these dull stances. And, and then we say, well, we're going to wait and see what happens. Nah, it's time to fight. We've taken step back long enough. See, when you stand in the faith or you are choosing to be a part of, of what the Bible calls steadfast. See, steadfast has the same meaning of, of the word establish. It literally means to be fixed in place. Now, if you're going to be steadfast, that means that you are vowing to not be moved. Now, if you notice in the life of Paul, he was chained, he was thrown in jail, they didn't believe him, he was talked about. He went so, through so many things in his life trying to share the gospel of Christ. But he said, I'm willing to suffer anything. I, I, I'm, I've said this on a Wednesday night, that a lot of times even as a leader, I, I just don't see how you can be popular and tell the truth at the same time. Because when you begin standing on the truth of God, that means you, we, we get to a place that we're challenging people out of their comfort zone. We say, we're saying some things in love, but that need to be said that you need to get up off your, my grandmother said, you need to get up off your rusty dusty <laughs> and do something. And and we, we find out that, I've said before, that we cannot get to the place that we believe that Sunday is enough. I showed up to church. I worshiped. We ate after church. I took my nap. I went to work the next day. That's not going to get it. If we're praying over youth, we're praying over the families, we're, we're, we're waging war against the enemy. Why is the workout room empty? Anywhere that you see athletes or you see fighters, the gym is full. 
They're working on their fight swagger. They're, they're working on their punches. They're, they're, they're training. But they're not, they're not training. How can they out-train us? Paul said, I'm not merely just shadow boxing. But I believe that there should be something powerful happening in our lives that, that is such an influence that it's contagious that when people are around us, it begins to wreck their life and we haven't even opened our mouth. That's why in Corinthians, the word says, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, have you stand to your feet. It says, stand firm, let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So I'm going to say this to you. You've got to get this in your spirit if you're going to fight. But don't fight alone. Don't train by yourself. Get a training partner. But get somebody who's not going to tell you everything that you want to hear, but get some people around you that's going to tell you what you need to hear. Get some people that's going to challenge you where you are and hear those words in your life that's going to push you to that next level. Because I don't know anyone that wakes up in the morning and says, forget it, uh, I'm good with failing. I don't want to move any further. So you have to get this in your spirit and begin to say, so no more retreating. No more waving white flags. No more passivity. No more spiritual vacations. No more going along with the flow and just seeing what happens. I've said it before that often the best version of ourselves is found or exposed in the middle of opposition. So you got to keep your hands up. For some reason, I'm going to tell you this as I close. I, for 10 years, hard for me to even say, 10 years, I didn't go back to my mom's grave because I chose to honor her differently because I didn't want to remember her that way. Because that's my mama. I went to the grave, and I told Pastor Joe this. When I went, I stepped out of the car. I said, Pastor, the, uh, the ground felt different. And when the ground felt different, I stood there on the side of the car. And I remembered everything like it was a movie. And then I began to see this purple flower. I'm standing here and my wife is still sitting in the car and I just start walking at an angle through and I get there and I stand there and I begin to think as much pain as it was I started to remember that she would say son fight comes with it son you gotta stand. Son don't give up. Son keep moving. Son what did I tell you? And I feel like God in our life right now, he's saying, get my word like I've told you. I said I'm going to do a a new thing. Have I not already said it? He he stated some things. He's given us direction. He's given us a course to take. So I dared myself to stand there in the midst of defeat, even standing there over my mom. So I dare us as believers to stand and accept defeat when we were created to be conquerors. Lift your hands all over the building. I believe that God wants to do a work in you. He's already said it, but he needs you to move. He needs you to move from behind the wall that you're standing. 
He needs you to accept the challenge, accept the next level. It's not supposed to be easy. It's supposed to be scary. Preaching this today felt like this was the first sermon that I ever preached. I was like, Lord, it is so heavy because I see people wanting to win and wanting to fight, but there's something holding them back. So, Lord, we receive your blessings right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we believe that you brought us to a place to fight and you will give us direction. You will give us the word. You will give us the words to share. You will give us the plan. You you will assist us to to hone in on our faith and, and not give up, but continue to push forward towards the mark. God, we believe by faith that it's already done and we're going to claim the victory that you've already given us in Jesus' name. God, we honor you, we love you, and we give honor and thanks to you as our Father, which is in heaven. Somebody just raise a hallelujah in this place. Come on.